you know, I only chose to do the menu in the first place because it was so challenging and scary. And part of that scariness was plunging into a world that I had no idea about, really, apart from hitting up David and Dan on Game of Thrones for a few fancy meals in Spain, which was nice. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, an elite dinner party takes a shocking turn in director Mark Mylod's thriller, The Menu. The film follows a young couple as they travel to a remote island to dine at an exclusive restaurant, only to find that the chef has prepared a few surprises along with the meal. In addition to The Menu, Mylod's other directorial credits include episodes of the television series Succession, Game of Thrones, Shameless, and Entourage. He won the DGA Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Dramatic Series for his 2021 Succession episode, All the Bells Say, and was nominated in the same category for his 2019 Succession episode, This Is Not for Tears. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in New York, Mylod spoke with director Lorene Scafaria about filming The Menu. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. It was so funny and so dark and so brutal, but so funny the entire time. How did you calibrate that tone so perfectly? That's very difficult. Yeah, thank you. Um, First of all, can we play buzzword bingo? Um, When we get to five foodie cliche puns, then raise your hand, okay? (laughs) I'll I'll probably get to it in the next 30 seconds. Um, Yeah, when I first read the script, that was the first thing, well, I thought two things when I first read the script, Lorene. The first one was um, obviously I loved it as a kind of cinematic ride. I thought it was really well structured and and just fun. Um, And then I thought, oh, I know what the tone is here Um, without wishing to sound like a know all but genuinely I felt okay I can feel the mix I can feel the the ingredients um for yeah for that weird mashup of of satire and and dark comedy and um and the kind of horror or thriller elements and um and what I loved was it felt to me already even you know we did some developing of the script obviously but um but that symbiotic relationship between the 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 dark comedy and the and the thriller already seemed to be really you know meshed you watch a lot of those you know in that genre and the the comedy will be the comedy of relief where it's not necessarily you know that funny but you're just grateful to have a bit of oxygen for a second and it seemed to me in the writing of this and certainly in the playing of it with the cast that it was genuinely laugh out funny on laugh out loud on occasion to me anyway uh, to all of us i think um what was the what was the casting process like or even collaborating with a cast like this i mean you're used to working with ensembles obviously but i don't know how you tackled something like that when all the characters have so many different intentions and yeah you know, i watched this movie called hustlers and they seem to have quite a good ensemble going in that as well but, um, <laughs> yeah, i don't know <laughs> that's <laughs> um, very kind <laughs> the um it started with rafe because both the writers and i both had him in our heads from the start you know you look at shinda's list through the grand budapest hotel and there's so few actors that can you know go across that 
band aren't there and spe- specifically with him he, there was that lovely first call you know or zoom call in our case because he was in the uk of um of when you both see the character the same way and you think oh this is going to work this is going to be fun and uh we both you know had the let's not do a movie baddie thing and instead let's try and get um let's start from this place of seeing an actor um or, or an artist um who's who's made bad choices to the point where he's now consumed with with self-loathing and and through the ego choices that he's made and obviously this you know corrosive um relationship with finance um can anyone think of a job we might do that might go somewhere like that sometimes um so obviously there's and also obviously you extrapolate that into a kind of metaphor for 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 art and for our industry as well um so um so that was a lovely connection and that was the root of it and then i needed somebody who could go toe-to-toe with rafe really because for me the root or the heart of the film had always been those those scenes between margot and and uh chef slowick uh and and i'm just a massive anya taylor joy fan along with the rest of the planet obviously and um i'd seen her right back in you know to to the witch and just thought she's such a force with such an intelligence and and so much of a big part of the film you know is is close shots on that actor trying to figure out a way out trying to manipulate or just to plot a way out of that situation so i needed that sense of that ticking mind and uh, and also in those two handers between them uh, you know a sense of that was an equal battle and, and anya just gave us that the rest of it um was just table by table and working with brilliant very mary verno the casting director and how did you make something that's set in mostly one location feel so dynamic? I mean, that's obviously a big challenge. Um, where did you find this island? <laughs> <laughs> this so-called island of which you speak. <laughs> that was the scariest bit, actually. I, I think just in terms of the craft of it, how, how do you make you know the, the, a, a film where an awful lot of the time people are sat down in one space um, and, and, and make that cinematic and you know dynamic and uh, and thanks that you found it that way um the first of all somewhat in script work with the writers just to you know i put in that that whole outside bit of just taking the action outside for the man's folly course was a was something i put in with the with the writers just to give us some oxygen there really and some dynamism with the kinetic energy of the runs and that um so that was um yeah a a breath of oxygen before coming back in um and then a lot of it was taking inspiration from brilliant films that have done that with bong's host film obviously parasite and where he kind of weaponizes the architecture in that house doesn't he um so that so it feels yeah almost intensely cinematic even though a lot of the action is taking place in that in that one in that that one house um the specifics of how we crafted it in the production design and with with the craft departments was um was firstly to have that open plan kitchen so that when you when you face when you're immersed as i hope you are as an audience um and when the camera's in there with the diners in the dining room you've got that through line to the to the kitchen so even though it's kind of a bit you know uh, unfocused because of the depth of field you've always got that lurking presence of the of the military presence the threat of the kitchen that the noise of that and that that movement of it so you can feel that military choreography so that is a kind of physical looming threat particularly as the film progresses and then you swing 180 degrees and you're looking out that lovely big window out at the freedom of the ocean and the thing that you most cover is so close but you can't get through that glass um 
And of course, by having that transition as the sun goes down from 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 late afternoon into sunset and night, um, you effectively kind of tighten the spotlight on them and, and hopefully add more tension to to put more pressure on those characters that way. Yeah, it was remarkable. I, I um, I'm not sure how you approached the visual language of it. It, it felt, um, I mean, so much world building <laughs> involved in it too. And you're taking a, an industry that's pretty well known. I mean, was the research just extensive in this? Yeah, because I'm a bit of a peasant with food, really. And so I didn't really know that world. I, I've made some, you know, choices that I'm, you know, this is where I, again perhaps connected with Sloic on some hopefully less psychotic level of, um, you know, I've made some choices, as I'm sure we all have on some level in life, made some choices that I haven't been quite so proud of. Or, or, um, and um, and I, wanted, um, I wanted the menu, you know, I only chose to do the menu in the first place because it was so challenging um, and scary. And part of that scariness was plunging into a world that I had no idea about, really, um, apart from hitting up David and Dan on Game of Thrones for a few fancy meals in Spain, which was nice. <laughs> Um, but the research wasn't that kind of nice, glamorous, let's go tonight, lots of restaurants, because it was during, obviously, COVID lockdown, so that wasn't an option. So it was just documentaries and books, really. The key to it was bringing in people who know more than me. Ethan Tobman, the production designer, is a total bona fide genius, honestly. If you're, if you're looking for just incredible production designer to work with, grab him and don't let go, um, except when I want to work with him again, obviously. Um, and um, and then we sent the script to Dominique Crenn, and Dominique is this uh, incredible artist. She's the first woman, I think, in America, and still the only woman in America to be awarded three Michelin stars. Um, and uh, we sent the script to her and she loved it and came aboard as our collaborator and um, really was this fantastic kind of comfort blanket as part of anything else in that she she looked through the script, she looked through our designs and gave notes and just, you know, just uh, added to the verisimilitude of all of that side of the world. So I um, worked with Ethan and our food stylist just upping the ante on all of uh, all of the food elements to get it up to that three Michelin star level. Um, she and her team ran a boot camp with our cooks in the kitchen so that everything they did, as well as the slightly heightened choreography, militaristic element of that was me just wanting to... Uh, heighten certain elements like that and the the sound effects of crashing glass or whatever to kind of weaponize those but um but she yeah she and her team put those guys through this boot camp so that everything they were doing at any one time in the kitchen was completely correct both in terms of the, the tools they were using but also correct to what to the next dish that they were preparing so that gave me a huge kind of comfort blanket yeah, I mean, shooting food is already such a challenge, but to do it in this stylized way and yet, I mean, you know, not sacrifice any substance. I mean, you, you've portrayed a lot of uh, wealthy people before. Um, you're no stranger to that. It was, was this... Uh, intriguing when it came to this project the, yeah the portrayal of wealthy people is both intriguing and also a bit of a bear trap i think um i'm always i i think unconsciously a bit defensive whenever you know people say it's eat the rich um because that seems like really low-hanging fruit um you know particularly as we're on the you know on, on the crest of uh a bit of a spurt of those kind of films and, and television projects aren't we the combination of succession obviously and um uh, you know the triangle of sadness etc we um so if you go for a straight aren't rich 
rich people bad you know that it's um it's it's you know we get dga rates we're not badly paid you know so um so a is hypocritical and secondly it's too reductive and and, and therefore not very interesting um but um when when you look at it on a more kind of human level um always loved succession because the f part a big part of the fun of it is taking all these flawed characters and having being able to spend time with them to get under their skin to to look at the context of their behavior and that's not to a, to be apologists for it um but it's to but it's to see why they're like that and in doing so one's innate humanity and perhaps empathy you can't help but connect on some level because you know we're all flawed obviously um so that's super preachy but um and um and, and that was my approach on on the menu also a version of that which i've never been very good at kind of putting into words it's more a bit more instinctive um it, it seemed to me that yeah just eating the rich is boring but if you look at everybody in everybody in the cast all the characters um and look at why are they behaving like that um as i said earlier you know for rafe and i chef slowick's trying to soothe the pain that he's in um at the every cook in that dining room seeks to belong as on an anthropological level they seek to be part of a family uh, and then to be part of that movement um uh, as any cult you know obviously takes advantage of that human need but on the same level but on a different income level i think it's the same for each character in the dining room itself that um yes they're entitled and arrogant and they're, so they have those qualities but they're also but they're also seeking to belong they're also seeking a, a sense of self and a sense of uh, yeah uh, just a a sense of elevation in the tribe almost i think um you know uh, and uh, and it just so happens that with the kind of ludicrous rules of our society if if something is really expensive we consciously or not give it more value um and so they're just like bees to the honey you know they're attracted to that thing that tells them that they have more value by association which is absurd of course and uh and it doesn't need me or us as storytellers to to really push that because it's innate isn't it to, to this to the structure of any you know society um that was a waffling answer sorry um, no no <laughs> i mean obviously just such a um it, it, there's a similarity between directing and possibly, you know, running a set and running a restaurant or running a kitchen. Um, joked about identifying as a character in some ways, but do you find that it, it is that way that a that a set has that sort of kitchen feel that it, you know, I don't know, you're all under fire together, but you all have these different responsibilities and you're working together. And yeah, I think it actually took me a little bit of a while to realize, that I'm not a very smart person, um, that there was that correlation um, between between those environments, between those two art forms, if you like. Um, they are there. And in terms of the directors, yeah, there's, um, you know, there's alpha person with their, you know, probably kind of riding boots and stomping along in jodhpurs um waving a riding crop or there's a dominique Crenn, you know and uh you know and i know you from working you know on working with you on succession where where actually you know you don't need that posturing um because you you're just doing the work and actually you can achieve it you know by loving people to death and uh, which has always been my approach as well um you know chef chef slowick is uh you know, we were very specific about that that he, he rules with a obviously with a, a huge command with total command of his whole universe he, you know everything on that island everything within it is controlled by him but it was he's quite monastic apart from those two little outbursts 
towards this financier, which again is reflected self-loathing. Uh, everything else is actually very, um, it's very monastic and stripped down to just the art, just the art. I mean, I, I, I have to say, I've learned so much watching you work on Succession, um, not just watching your work, which I've also learned so much from, but just seeing how you run a set and, and how you handle all the different departments and, um, and you know, you've described it as that controlled chaos. And I think I, I'm, I, I see it in this film too. There's something improvisational happening, something very grounded, very real, very funny, but also heightened. And um, so, yeah, just kudos on, on bringing that blend to this film as well. Um, I Thanks, think, Louis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you. I, I, Mark Mylod, uh, everyone, for the menu. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate thank it. you for watching, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 